listening to First Church Charlotte. Hello everyone, my name is Nathan. It is a privilege for me to spend a few moments with you. My title this evening is, is a fun one from pop culture, uh, Lying Liar Who Lies. I am of course referring to the father of lies, uh, Lucifer himself. Let me read John chapter number eight, verse number 44. You are of your father, the devil, Jesus says to his religious critics, and the lusts of your father you will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own for he is a liar and the father of it. We don't have time, of course, to talk about every lie that the uh, enemy uses against people of faith. But let's just grab a handful of them and make sure that we are uh, taking care to consider. First of all, sin doesn't really matter. That's, I would say, uh, the most common lie. Uh, it is, there's variations to it, of course, but it really comes down to that. Some people say, well, I just wanna have a good time, or you're making too much of a, a, a too, too big of a deal out of that, or uh, I just, you understand what I'm saying. Uh, these are all variations of this, sin doesn't really matter. Um, interestingly, this isn't just a, a religious idea. A fairly noted psychologist wrote a book entitled, Whatever Happened to Sin? Let me read a quote from that book. In the field of psychiatry, sin became a dirty word that, had, that was the scapegoat for most of our mental problems. It caused a terrifying guilt complex that was de detrimental to good mental health. We decided we would pass a law against it, and then we wouldn't have to worry about sin anymore. Instead of outlawing sin, however, we have in-lawed it. Isn't that a great line? Uh, we are accepting it daily in enormous doses. All we really did was change its name. Uh, sin is the death of the spiritual spiritual person within, the spiritual man, the spiritual woman. Ezekiel 18, verse number four, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. We, by pursuing the lust of the flesh, by elevating self, by making our wants the most important motivation in our life, it's as though we, we murder the soul with, within us. Romans 6, verse number 23, for the wages of sin is death. Galatians 5, verse number 19, now, the works of the flesh are manifest, or the works of the flesh are obvious. He goes on to list adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, revelings, revelings and such like of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. These sins um, are in opposition to the heart of God. Uh, without forgiveness, without spiritual cleansing, uh, these sins define our identity and we live as rebels and we are fallen beings living beneath our spiritual intention. And so we, all of us must take sin seriously. Uh, we don't need to have acute relationship with sin. Uh, we, we, need to, we need to make sure that we are repentant and we are confessing and we are turning intentionally by the act of our will, turning our hearts away from that kind of a life toward a life of knowing God, serving God, 
embracing his kingdom, serving others, manifesting his heart. Uh, the second lie that this lying liar who lies tells to us um, is, is uh, versions of this. I don't have to answer to anybody but myself. Well, no, that's not true. Uh, I know it's popular and it is even a part of kind of a humanistic way of looking at the world. Uh, and so if I want to do it, I do it. If I like it, I do it. Uh, I can disregard any source of authority. I can, without even trying to understand their point, I just can wholeheartedly reject them um, and disregard uh, the church, the law, the Bible. You get the idea. Uh, <laughs> It's not enough for us to simply say, oh, well, you know, that's an old, old religious way of looking at what is right and what is wrong, you know, and uh, nowadays we, we don't have to answer to anyone but ourselves. I want to I want to try to clear this up um, as as a church. We may not enforce every rule that the generation before us did. And this is true of every church. It's not just us. It's every church. No matter what you do, there was some different interpretation, some different implementation in generations before, not because they were better, but they were trying to work within their context and reach the people God had placed them to reach. And so um, just because uh, one generation of uh, faith doesn't interpret everything or implement everything as perhaps another generation did, um, like, when I was very young, I heard about elders who preached against wearing open-toed open-toed shoes. Uh, that seems kind of interesting to us. We don't even know what to do with it. What do you mean open-toed shoes? Um, because we don't enforce all the things that have been enforced, you should not think that we don't treat sin seriously. Um, sin matters. Um, the list I read earlier that Paul gave of immorality, of, of hatred, of all of that stuff, it matters. Immorality matters. Um, or, excuse me, morality matters. Immorality is a sin. Um, whether it is uh, typical and adultery and fornication and all that kind of stuff, whether it is uh, slightly different but accepted in our society of some version of homosexuality, all of this is biblically declared, identified as sin. Now, it doesn't mean that um, the church tries in some way to exclude you. Um, the church tries to work with you. Um, the exception would be once you start promoting that sin, That's, that can't be acceptable in a, in, a, in a church and you shouldn't ask the church to accept you promoting sin. Um, if you're that stubborn about it, you should find a church that doesn't think it's a sin and go there. But you would not respect a church that allowed itself to be changed from its fundamental interpretation of scripture and the very core of what it's trying to do simply because you had an opinion. You wouldn't respect a church like that. Um, and we're not gonna be that church. Uh, so sin doesn't mean we exclude people with the exception if they're going around recruiting and promoting, that, that can't be allowed. Um, but sin matters. And when a church operates in a certain way, oftentimes it's not because, like as a pastor, I, I wanna love people, I truly do. Uh, it's in my heart to do that. 
Um, but you should not think that I'm unwilling to have confrontation or I'm unwilling to take a stand. That that is unfair, uh, not just of our church, but but any church. Uh, as much as in us lie, we're going to try to get along. We're going to try to respect one another. Um, but the church believes things, <laughs> and it's not just something we made up. We believe um, fair, accurate interpretations of Scripture should be established as God's word, and we live our life according to that that basis. We do believe we will answer. We don't share in the lie of the devil that you know you don't have to answer to anyone but yourself. Uh, that is uh, not biblical. The Bible shows us uh, judgment. The Bible shows us the day where we will give an account. We will stand before God. Revelations 20, verse number 12, I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life, and the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Our, our choices matter. Our choices don't save us, but they reflect the kingdom we are seeking to be allied with. Our choices reflect the life we choose to live. And the grace is real and the repentance is real, um, but you should not think because God is the very source of love and hope and you should not think that sin doesn't matter when biblically we know it clearly does uh, lie number three that this lying liar who lies <laughs> uh, gives uh, to people uh, is some version of being mad at God if God loved you then you wouldn't be going through this this is a very bold-faced lie and the enemy uses it to cause you to feel as though God is your enemy. Uh, this, is, this is a lie. Um, we are very much placed by God and we are given his, his gifts, his spirit, his presence. We are given everything that we have, every ability. And like Adam and Eve, we are placed in this, this world and we, we live within this world. And uh, we define our lives and we choose our way. We aren't pets fenced in for our own good. God doesn't fence us in. He says, choose the way you want to go. He doesn't take the tree outside of the garden. That's what we would do. That's what us pastors would do. We would, we would preach against. We would say, Lord, you're building the wrong kind of work, uh, world. You are failing those people by allowing there to be temptation in the garden. What you need to do is more and more rules. But I'm telling you, that's, that's not us. It's not the solution that simple people think it is. Um, the tree is in the garden. And not only that, the serpent is in the garden. Oh, if I, God's not doing his job, he let that serpent into the garden. Uh, you aren't a pet kept by God, protected from all your bad decisions. You are a sovereign being and you are given the right to choose your way. And that is what we do. And that is how we live. Uh, I wanna simply say that don't let the enemy convince you that God doesn't love you because something happened in your life. Don't let the enemy convince you that. How could he love me if and let me go through that? You aren't a pet. You are dealing with the difficulties of life. You are a sovereign being with choices, with responsibilities, and you can choose, in spite of the stuff in your life, to glorify God in heaven and be of his people and become his child, his son, his daughter. And so uh, the big lie, uh, number four, would be this. 
um, the church doesn't really matter that much, or the church is full of hypocrites, or the church is it's some version of I don't need spiritual connection. Uh, this is not biblical. It is the opposite of what God uh, wants for your life. He wants you connected to other believers. He wants you to join your efforts together, and he wants you to be a testimony by unifying with people who are different than you. If you can't get along with people, it's hard to say how much you love God. Uh, I think there's a good number, good, good number of scriptures about that subject. Um, he, he's, he's looking for the testimony of your life where you join with others, you love others, you, you embrace others, you encourage others, you show by connection that you don't demand the church to serve you. Um, people who cannot join a church have trouble. Um, they have trouble in the inner man, the inner woman, um, and they, uh, they aren't kept from church because they love righteousness. They're kept from church because of their vanity. Um, and the church won't serve them and they don't understand that they have to humble themselves and make their life first about serving God and secondly about serving others. Or their, their, their religion is a label. It's just another form of um, the lie, which is I'm serving myself, the children of the lie, my way, I am my own answer. You can do it religiously. You can do it through life of any number of ugly transgressions of sin but it's the same it's the same thing the church does matter other believers do matter i need to humble myself and connect with people who are different than me i'm incomplete without them yes they're imperfect that's why there's room for me there because i'm imperfect too i need the church god save us from isolation uh, it is one of the traps of of the enemy and now uh, one of the most famous lies that this lying liar who lies tells is simply this. Um, you can do it tomorrow. <laughs> you can serve God tomorrow. You can get your spirit right tomorrow. You can make a, make a better plan tomorrow. Um, there will always be another day for you to repent, serve the Lord. You get the idea. Um, Governor Felix in Acts chapter number 24 Verse number 25, he tells Paul, when I have a more convenient season, I will call for you. King Agrippa in chapter number 26 tells Paul, almost thou persuadest me to become a Christian. Uh, maybe later, maybe later. Uh, I don't want you to think of that just in terms of people who are deciding whether or not they'll serve the Lord. Um, many of us have been convicted in our spirits to do something for God, to teach a Bible study, to invite someone to church, to pray with someone, to include someone in a, a small group, maybe to start a small group, maybe to volunteer in a ministry. Um, and we're putting it off, we're putting it off, we're putting it off, maybe tomorrow, maybe tomorrow. I want to uh, caution you against that. That's one of the tricks of the enemy. Um, the truth is we're not assured of tomorrow. We need to do something now. We don't need to let a perfect plan be the enemy of a good plan. Um, we need to we need to get started and then adjust as as we go uh, because when we fail when we fail to to perceive uh, the invitation of God in our life the invitation of the kingdom um, we are left turning back to ourselves what do I want serving ourselves the opposite of of humbling ourselves and and serving God's kingdom. And the enemy comes and he is the very father of lies and he doesn't care if we're religious. As long as we will use the religion to tell ourselves his lie, 
um, he, he, he does his best work with religious people. Um, in fact, when Jesus was looking for someone to fulfill a role um, that was required by grace, um, like all the prophets who had gone before, he wept over Jerusalem. He said, oh you who have killed the prophets, you, you religious zealous people who have rejected the way of God. If you would have, I would have gathered you like a, a hen gathers um, her chicks, but you, you would not. Um, and so it's not enough for us to be religious. We have to humble ourselves. We have to repent of the lusts of the flesh. We have to turn away from the obvious sin that's fun to preach against and the hidden sin that most believers don't think applies to them. And we have to pursue God because that is where, uh, that is how uh, the kingdom of God is manifest through us, through our lives, through our uh, work, through our testimony, through our connection with other believers. All right, love you. God bless you. I pray that you would be with your people, Lord. I pray your anointing would be upon them. I pray your blessing would walk with them every day this week. Humble us all, Lord Jesus, that we would take our take our time in spiritual repentance and reflection to examine our heart and ask ourselves if we're pleasing you or if we are using the lies that come so naturally to the father of lies and using them for ourselves to justify some flawed way. Convict my heart, Lord God. Convict us as a church that our hearts might be righteous and pure before you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to First Church Charlotte. If this podcast has blessed you, please rate it with four or five stars. By doing so, you will help others find our free podcast and bless them. If you're in the Charlotte, North Carolina area, come worship with us at 4929 North Sharon Amity Road. For information about service times, church ministries, and so much more, visit us online at firstchurchclt.com. If you would like to help support our efforts, please text GIVE to 704-445-5353. We pray God's richest blessings to you. Come worship with us.